0: Alright everyone, today on the show we have Laura Obermeyer. Laura is an artist currently based out of Salt Lake City, and uh, today we had a nice discussion about where she's been and where she's going. We wrap up with viewer questions, which can be submitted on our Instagram, at 2 Pod. As always, if you like the show, be sure to subscribe and give us a rating. Hope you're all having a good summer, and here's Laura. Do so who are you, Aubrey, and what do you do? Uh, I am Laura Obermeyer
1: and I do a lot of things. I guess the blanket statement would be creative work (laughs) in skiing and out of skiing. I'm an artist. I take photos. I shoot videos. I go skiing. Awesome. Among other things.
0: (laughs) That's great. I'd like to go over like before we get into what you're doing now, like how you grew up. Um, So maybe, yeah, tell us a little bit about that. Where'd you grow up and, you know, what was early life like for Laura?
1: It was fabulous for the most part. Um, I was born in Fort Collins, Colorado, which is where my dad lives. And I lived there until I was like eight years old. Then my parents split up and my mom is from Connecticut. So I moved to Connecticut with her and was like back and forth, but remained in Connecticut for school. So I did third grade through the end of high school in Canton, Connecticut, which is like Northwestern, really close to Ski Sundown. And it was awesome. Like I lived on a farm, I had horses. I got to go skiing every day because my family's property like was the backside of Ski Sundown. So I was really fortunate to have pretty unlimited access to it. Um, Yeah, I rode horses really competitively for a while and started ski instructing when I was 14 and then started just dedicating all my time to that in the winters and going back to Colorado in the summer and bopping around in the mountains and living life. That's yeah. awesome. Yeah,
0: yeah, so I think uh, we could take it even further back. Um, do you want to give like a brief history of like Klaus and the Obermeier name just so we could like <laughs> lay a little foundation for everyone?
1: Sorry, who? <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah, so basically my grandfather His name is Klaus. Great guy. Um, He came to the United States in 1947 following the war in Germany. He's from Bavaria. And uh, he was trained as an aeronautical engineer, but was also a really successful skier in Germany. Um, And so he came to the States in order to either pursue engineering or skiing or whatever he could find. And he... uh, didn't bring much. He brought some later hose and a little bit of cash and a down comforter and you know a couple things here and there. Uh, was in Sun Valley for a little bit, met up with Warren Miller and did a road trip with him selling koogie ties and ski boot laces, and they kind of got their start together. And then uh, he ended up in Aspen, I think that fall. I could, yeah. And that's the year that Aspen Mountain was started as a ski mountain. So Friedel, Pfeiffer, and Fred Iselin started the ski school there. And uh, Klaus was one of just a couple instructors. And over the next couple of seasons, he kept getting sick of, lo- or that season, I guess I should say, he was sick of losing his ski school students to the cold. Like everybody would get really cold because they'd ride off the lift and they wouldn't want to ski down in this long town coat. So they'd leave their jacket on the lift and by the time they got down, they'd be a lap ahead of their coat, which would be coming back down on the lift. And so he went home and he cut up this down comforter that his grandma, or that his mother sent him with and invented the down parka. And some student ended up buying that off of him for an insane amount of money. But um, he ended up going on to invent a lot of things that were like really influential to action sports and snow sports in particular and outdoor industry. Um, mirrored sunglasses high altitude sunscreen ski brakes dual shell ski boots like the list goes on it's really rad yeah yeah
0: awesome and so then he goes on to form
1: (laughs) yeah so that that down parka was the start of overmeyer and he was also like importing sweaters and turtlenecks from germany at the time
0: and so is that on your mom's side or your dad's side
1: that's my dad's side
0: so your so did your dad grow up knowing that okay I'm just going to carry on and do the uh the retail clothing like carry on what my dad was already what was already doing
1: oh no my dad got the engineering gene <laughs> okay <laughs> my dad's uh got his own company and is a hydroelectric engineer um, oh yeah he builds spillway gates and yeah. <laughs> So, but I, I would say like most everyone in my family is extremely entrepreneurial I my brother and I are I think the only ones that pursued the ski industry. Yeah.
0: Really, yeah.
1: Yeah. Awesome.
0: So as everyone can tell, raised in skiing from the start, basically.
1: Yeah.
0: Oh um, yeah. <laughs> so did, did you learn out in Colorado or did you learn when you got out to Connecticut?
1: Um, I learned how to ski in Colorado at a basin at Eldora cause I was coming from the front range. Um, but I didn't like take skiing seriously until I was out East, which is really funny. And like, Ski Sundown is where I fell in love with it, which is really rad because it's a hill <laughs>
0: yeah, it, yeah that's super sick because um, not staying not saying that our stories are super similar but I also fell in love with skiing as ski Sundown of all places and yeah. I, I feel like it comes up all the time in the show but ski Sundown really is a, a unique place because it's a hill but the the ski culture there is
1: mm-hmm. just
0: super strong for some reason. I have no yeah. idea why
1: It's a little epicenter it's fabulous yeah. So, so
0: so what was your, um, what was your time at sundown? Like, when did you take like, uh, your photography, when did you start taking your photography more seriously and, and start deciding like, Hey, I kind of want to like do the ski industry thing as a job.
1: Um, well, I was a junior and I joined the JI program, which is junior instructors, which is like pre-instructor training for people who are yet aren't yet of age to be paid. (laughs) Um, And I then got really close with Jared Moss, who was the former ski school and terrain parks director and Lori Shield, who's the marketing director Um, and just got really into it. And I remember that's when I was like starting to pay more attention to like edits and ski culture and stuff. And like, there were a few videos and movies that I watched and I made my first new schoolers account and just started like paying attention to it more. And I was like, wait, this is the coolest thing I've ever seen. Why doesn't any other sport I've ever been involved with have culture? Like there's no community with track or any like tennis. It's really sad to me. Um, So I was just really smitten with that. And uh, I was already really enamored with photography and I always have been, like we've always had cameras growing up in my household. Um, And so it was kind of a natural progression to wanna take it with me to go hang out with my friends on Hill. And um, yeah, I got hurt, I think, my 2015, 2016 season, I had a blown knee and it was just like really traumatic as all knee surgeries are. And ended up working in the ski shop that season. But that's when it kind of clicked to me that I was like, oh, I really love this. (laughs) I wanna be shooting this. I feel like I can document it in a way that like isn't really being done here and by here I meant ski sundown like yeah. there's certainly a much broader spectrum of ski photography but that was my interest at the time
0: yeah and so who was your uh, who was your crew at sundown like who are the kids that you're riding with at the time
1: I didn't like I didn't really have a solid crew I just skied with like my instructor friends Uh um I met my like like, one of my best friends Megan Sautel I met in the JI program and that's like my longest running friendship which is really funny uh yeah I just say like other instructors mostly I didn't I I wasn't like very actively skiing park with my friends like that wasn't my goal I was literally just having the most fun I could possibly have and if that involved like lapping the park one day, then that's what we were doing. Um, so it wasn't, I don't know, I didn't really find a crew that I think a lot of other people experienced there. Yeah. And I think part of that too, is that there wasn't any other girls doing it. I think if there are other girls like skiing park and doing that and like being actively interested in skiing in the way that I was, it would be a completely different story. But
0: yeah. yeah. So when you would shoot park, of, like, the kids that, you know, were just, like, shredding there, would you just post up for the day
1: and be, like, yo, can I take a photo of you? No, I'd go, I'd go, like, link up with them after school, um, like, I went to high school with, like, they were a year or two younger than me, but, like, Cooper Jackson and Axel Tanner and, like, that crew of kids, I would go link up with them after school and, like, occasionally shoot photos of them, um, or, like, other instructors that were hitting park at the time. Yeah, so,
0: so this will be, this will be funny for you, um so i so obviously i grew up riding at sundown and i think i must be a year or two older than you and i was so into the ski culture at sundown but then i like started fading away started worrying about college and then i eventually went off to college and wasn't at sundown for four years but i remember that when you were first starting out everyone was like oh there's this girl laura at ski sundown taking photos like i had heard heard whisperings about you for like (laughs) years and then i saw some of your photos on new schoolers and i'm like oh yeah that's cool like there's another photographer at sundown And then you go on to do all these other things that are super sick. And I'm like, Oh, that's the same girl from sundown that like, I never met.
1: (laughs) Sick. Yeah. Yeah. It's a, it was, I'm really glad that I got to start there. Like just a good little microcosm of skiing as a whole. I think it's got so much diversity on who shows up at that hill.
0: Yeah, totally. So you're growing up in Connecticut doing high school. You graduate. What's the next step after you graduate high school?
1: Uh, Two days later, I drove back to Colorado with my brother. (laughs) You were out of there. Yeah, as quick as I could. Um, Yeah, I moved up to Aspen, which is where Obermeyer is based and where my grandparents are and my dad's side of the family is. Um, And started working for the family company. I had had and still don't really have any interest in school. um, And felt that what I could do to... Involve myself with skiing was going to be a lot more beneficial for me at that time and not just skiing but like being able to be around my family again and be able to help my grandparents out and learn the ropes of the company a little bit I thought was a really good idea and it was so (laughs) yeah that's what I did yeah so that just like being in Colorado and being around the ski scene more also gave me a platform so that fall like I started shooting preseason photos at A Basin and I was like, oh my God, everybody here is so insanely good at skiing. What the hell? And uh, ended up hitting up new schoolers and being like, hey, I keep getting photo of the day. Can I, can I shoot due tour for you guys? And they were like, yeah, for sure. And so that was like my first initial jump into like shooting professionally for skiing and shooting for new schoolers was due tour 2017
0: so sick and so did you know from when you were young that you want to work for the family company
1: yeah i think i for sure like if it wasn't the family company like i don't know there was a phase i went through when i was really little where i wanted to be like an equine neurosurgeon and i thought that was like gonna be my route was becoming a vet and that clearly didn't happen (laughs) and then i was like oh i want to do what my uncle does i want to be a commercial film director and producer and that lasted a while, and then I was like, I want to make ski movies, and then that happened. So, <laughs> yeah, it fluctuates. I still don't know what I want to do when I grow up. So,
0: yeah, yeah. And uh, so I, I do have to ask because I know a couple people who have like a family business that they, um, like kind of grew up into. Did people mm-hmm. give you a hard time for like kind of having like a, a path that was already paved? Because I know that some people, for some reason, they they see kids that have like. The option to join a family business and they're like oh why would you do that it's like mm-hmm. why why wouldn't you like <laughs> so did like did you yeah. have a heart did people give you flack growing up for that
1: not so much growing up I think that also being in Connecticut I was like fairly separated from it because the outdoor sports industry isn't as active there so it's not like kids in school really understood the weight of it um but as I've created my own island within skiing and like created my, like I'm separate from my last name. And I'm like very careful about that. Um, But I have have gotten like a few comments here and there and like nasty messages on Instagram and stuff like every so often. And it's really frustrating. So I have worked my ass off to like be where I am and do everything that I've done. And like all of my involvement with the ski industry, is on my own accord. Like me shooting for new schoolers or trying to work with line or trying to work with level one is entirely from my own doing. It has nothing to do with the family company. And it's really nice to show up to shoots like that and then have people be like, wait, are you related? And that's really satisfying. Cause like, yeah, I do get a lot of shit for it on the internet and that's really frustrating cause that's not at all like, <laughs> who I am or what I'm doing like I just want to help as many people as I can and if my grandparents are on that list then they're on that list but um yeah I've definitely not gotten a handout that people assume is associated with having a shared last name to a brand
0: yeah totally and I mean I wouldn't be reaching out to you to ask to hear your story if I thought that you were just you know riding the coattails of of your last name basically like you've done quite a bit in the ski industry. and yeah, I mean, we could hop back into that timeline. So you shoot do tour after getting photo of the day when photo of the day was like a really big deal. Cause it was, it was super <laughs> sick back then to get photo of the day. Um, and so where does that lead after you like finally do like a shoot on behalf of new schoolers and like, where does that lead you?
1: Um, yeah, I don't know. I started, I guess the best way to put it, like, you know, people storm chase, right. they like, pay attention to the weather and like follow these storms because I know it's gonna be good and they're gonna be able to nail it. Um, <laughs> I guess for lack of better addiction, I started event chasing. Like I just made sure that I was at all the right spots at all the right times. And like whether that was going home for Christmas around when telefriend tour was happening and then hopping on board with that or like x Games was always in Aspen, which was like, I could just walk to buttermilk from my house. And it was just a matter of like, if I could somehow get access to this or get a media pass or sneak in, then I was cruising. Cause all I had to do was get photos. It's not like I was trying to write articles or interview or like film, which is a whole nother can of worms. Like that's all I was trying to do is just shoot as much as I possibly could. And as with many people as I possibly could. And thankfully like my friends in Colorado were all really good skiers and really styley and like just great. Um, and let me put a camera on him most of the time. So I was just really proactive about shooting as much as I possibly could. Yeah. And chasing it around.
0: <laughs> yeah. And with something like Tell a Friend Tour, did you arrange that ahead of time or did you just show up the day of and you're like, yo, I'm here with the camera?
1: I feel like I might have hit up Andy before, because I was like, Tell a friend tour it was my first real expo- exposure to free skiing. And so like Andy knew who I was cause I kept going like every year and being like, I'm gonna shoot this, this is the coolest thing ever. And like Jared would let me hop in the cat with him and like help him build. And like, I was, I'm still such a fangirl for that tour. <laughs> um, but yeah, that was like, it just got to the point where I was like, hey, like I'm gonna be around for this window of time. Can I just come to all the stops? And then it switched to him being like, how long, which stops do you want to go to? and like just kind of progress from there. Um, and that's always like one of my favorite things to shoot because it's just like so personal to me. And it's also just such a great thing that we have in skiing. Oh, Shout totally. Out to Saving the world, yeah, getting kids stoked. <laughs>
0: uh, so when you're um, shooting for like new schoolers and Telefrontor, for example, at a certain point do they start covering some of your expenses related to, you know, getting to all these different stops or are you just working no. as a local everywhere you go? <laughs>
1: Not really. I pay for a lot of what I do out of my own pocket. So I'm like constantly working, which is totally fine because I'm doing what I want to do. Um, yeah, it just depends on who I'm shooting for. Like, the truth of it is that skiing just doesn't have money. <laughs> but um, yeah, I get I get reimbursed here and there. And that's nice. But um, yeah most of it's just because I want to do it. Yeah. I love it.
0: <laughs> so after you um, move out there, you start shooting. Um, when did you start working for the family company and actually like taking on a proper role um, within Obermar?
1: That was like when I first moved out there. Um, mm-hmm. I was helping them with marketing stuff here and there. And like, I took on the role of doing archival work for them. So there's a whole warehouse at the office in Aspen. That's just full of like, a tangible timeline of American ski history, basically. And it was just sitting back there collecting dust. And so I was gifted the opportunity to create a digital archive of all of it. And I'm still working on that. Like, I'm still pecking away at this <laughs> incrementally. Um, but that's been really cool because that was like this insane education of where the sport has been, how young it is and uh it was really cool to have like my family intertwined in it like I Ski Magazine used to compile all of their issues into these hardcover books at the end of every year and so I've read every one of those cover to cover since 1954 to 1998 and so I'm just like super hyper aware of everything that's happened (laughs) which is really nice um but it's cool to take that and then apply it to like what is happening now that reflects what's already happened and vice versa mm-hmm. see where we came from and where we're going
0: was there anything that you uh that you read in those those old editions that really stuck out to you when you when you read it you're like oh my god i can't can't believe yeah, this there's can't there's wait a, to
1: share this there's a really good article that is a uh, ski photography tips for the amateur as That's well funny. as uh, ski filming for the amateur written by warren miller <laughs> oh my god yeah they're really great um I also am super inspired by just like the dedication and thought put into uh, print that just doesn't really exist anymore. Like from the creativity and the graphic design to how they're using type to how they're using like just little bits of editorial and that sort of thing. Like, it's just, it's so inspiring. It makes me so excited to make things that aren't what's already out there,
0: yeah. yeah no totally i think uh i'm a little bit bummed that i missed the the huge wave on 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 ski print content because it seems like the days of like freeze and free skier magazine were really sick and it's just a Mm -hmm. bummer that you know that's taken like a just completely dived off unfortunately
1: but i mean the few that are still doing it really deserve a lot of a lot of props and recognition like i'm so fucking devastated about powder yeah um and hope that that's a temporary fate that that's not the end of it for real but um yeah hats off to anybody who's doing it even just like independent stuff like yeah there's down days is doing great Um uh, sammy's got a magazine called knuckle mag that's really sick like I'll there's there's plenty of it to be had but it's few and far between unfortunately
0: yeah that's a, that's a bummer. Shout out to the Snow Void guys. I like yeah, that. Yeah,
1: for real. I'm a sucker for zines. I need to be making more.
0: Yeah. Um, so you kind of go on that, um, you know, you're getting that workflow a little bit, like working for the family company, shooting your photos. What was the next big break that you had that, um, kind of elevated what you were doing?
1: Uh, I guess meeting Taylor Lundquist that happened in January of 2018, so like that same season. Uh, she came out to Colorado for a Grand Prix and needed a couch to crash on, so she crashed on my couch, and we just hit it off, and then like I went to Utah that February and went and shot at Brighton with her, and Taylor's really special, and there's a lot of athletes that I work with that are in this, that are the same way, or not even athletes, just people that I work with that are the same way, and that like, if they have an opportunity that they're able to share with those around them and lift other people up they will um so Taylor just started inviting me on like a ton of stuff like I got to go to Wendell's for a week because Taylor was going and she's like hey you want to go and I was like absolutely I want to go and yeah like that fall she had another contest in Dubai like in Austria and last minute it was like you want to come with me and I was like yeah I do (laughs) so I think that was really great and like obviously since then Taylor and I've done a lot of other stuff together but that was really pivotal in my life at that point and my trajectory with skiing specifically
0: yeah it was she was Taylor your first friend that was a girl that was uh a true park rat or had you by the time you were out in Colorado you had met a couple others
1: yeah I had met a couple others for sure and like I feel like I've followed kind of the girls park community on Instagram forever so it's like I always know who everybody is I just don't know them in person yet usually um yeah so that was cool to like get out there and like meeting Brooke Potter and just sort of all the girls that were hanging out in Summit County at the time but yeah it was really cool I had met Nadia Gonzalez that season like just a bunch of really rad ladies for sure it was cool it was really cool
0: Do you ever uh, fangirl out when you're meeting these people for the first time that you've seen on Instagram for years? You're like, oh my God, like I know who you are, but you don't know who I am yet.
1: Dude, I fangirl every time I hang out with my friends. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. (laughs) Um, (laughs) It's really funny, actually. I thought of this before you were saying, yeah, something about photo of the day. I used to keep a note in my phone that was like cool things I did this year. And I I kept it when I was still living in Connecticut because I would be like, whoa I just went to SIA and I just met the coolest crew of people like I just met everybody from New Schoolers this is so sick and I would like write down all of these things in my phone so if I ever like felt really uninspired or sad I could just like go look at all these cool things that I did and cool people that I met and like I should probably start doing that again that's a it's a healthy uh journaling method but yeah I used to like write down all the names of people that I met and I was just like this just happened this is insane like I remember freaking out after I met Jossie Wells at SIA and like even freaking out over like I said the new schoolers crew or like getting a photo of Tom Walsh for the first time was really cool yeah
0: yeah that's for so sure. funny and now those are like more or less your like your coworkers and friends
1: yeah <laughs> yeah no doubt
0: <laughs> that's super funny have you ever told them like yo when I first met you I was absolutely freaking out
1: not always I think it <laughs> it depends on uh on my relationship to them. Like if I've only met them one other time, then I'm not gonna be like, I think you're so cool. Or I will, like when I first meet people, I'm always like very, like I like to let them know if they've inspired me or like done something for me. Yeah. Like the first time I met LSM, I was like, yo, this like one specific powder cover that you and Ulrich shot has been on my wall since it came out. Like, this is insane. You're such an inspiration to me. And like, I don't know. That's a nice thing to hear, totally. I hope. <laughs> so I try to, make a point of letting people know when they've done good for my life at least
0: yeah i think that's a cool thing about the ski community it's like i don't i don't know how how prevalent this is in like other industries or other sports but like i think that the ski community is will is really quick to give props where they're due you know like people Mm -hmm. will just come up and be like yo like i'm super stoked on what you do you inspire me and i don't know if like a lot of people hear that in their lives, like people randomly just coming up to them and being like, yo, I'm, I love what you do. Like you inspire me. That's such a nice thing to hear just out of the blue. Yeah.
1: yeah. Well, and it's also, it feels good to express it too. Yeah, like totally. Just putting out positive energy will return it to you. So yeah. yeah.
0: Yeah. I mean, it does you good to be like, you know, be a good person. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Absolutely. So, uh, <laughs> so you link up with, uh, with Taylor Mm-hmm. And then how long was it before you guys start cooking up an idea to go to Japan and make an all-girls movie?
1: Um, that wasn't my idea. <laughs> uh, basically, I'm trying to think. I, yeah, I guess it would have been that summer. I had a busy summer. 2018 was a hell of a year for me. Because um, I went to Hood with Taylor and then also got to go to Zermatt to help out with Glacier Days a little bit. And... So- So it was like, in the midst of all of that happening, Maddie Jones, I had met Maddie Jones that season too with Taylor. So that was a big, that was a big moment. I should note that, Um, but Maddie Jones sent me a message on Facebook and was like, hey, Brooke Potter and I have been talking about like doing an all girls thing in Japan. And I was like, okay, cool. That's like a dream come true. Yeah, tell me more. And she sent me a pitch deck that had all of our names on it and like basically the idea of it. And then at the bottom was just like a big slide about me and how she wanted me to do it. And I was freaking out. It was, yeah, I still freak out. Like that was rad. That's the dream come true. Like having somebody that I've looked up to for a really long time pitch an idea to me that's like a childhood slash teenage dream to me is really cool so uh yeah I said yes a million times yes and we started getting sponsor money for it in the fall and just planned it out Maddie was on the end of all the logistics and stuff I just did all the creative stuff and filmed and edited so yeah that was a really cool trip for sure yeah and that was that following season
0: that's awesome. So like 2018, when all the, when, you know, everything's picking up and everything's clicking, did you ever like just sit back and pinch yourself and be like, yo, this whole thing is really uh, kind of going the way that I wanted it to go?
1: Absolutely, dude. Yeah. <laughs> I spent like an entire year of my life just doing nothing but fangirling. Like, um, yeah, it was really cool. I had like a list of all my five-year goals when I graduated high school and it was like, little things like oh shoot shoot photos of the Vishnu team or like shoot for new schoolers and it was just this it was a big long list and I accomplished it all in that first season so then I was like "Well, shit what now like might fuck around and go make a movie yeah (laughs) so we did
0: (laughs) that's so sick so um yeah I mean we could get straight into Japan unless you want to say a little bit about going out to Zermatt I mean, that seems like a pretty cool trip. How long were you out in Switzerland for?
1: Um, I went to Germany after for a little bit. I think I think I was in Zermatt with those guys for like a week and a half, maybe. That was really fucking cool. Um, yeah, line traveling circus is like, obviously the pinnacle is what we all look up to. And especially being from sundown, like I think that they have a much heavier influence than most other ski crews do. Uh So that was just like absolutely insane. Uh, I flew out to Switzerland and was originally just going to go visit my friend Alice, like Gangsta Alice on Instagram, Alice Mitchell, Um, and she picked me up and we went to Zermatt and met up with those guys and stayed with them and I shot photos all week while they were filming for that movie and it was just like, it's unreal. You're already in an incredible location, let alone like super creative, like-minded, powerhouse group of people um so yeah that was I don't even have words for it that's like one of my favorite memories of skiing for sure
0: yeah so what was the initial invite like for that was that email text dm
1: uh, I was at copper shooting line week like a month or two earlier and I was like yeah I'm like thinking about going out to Switzerland this summer to to hang out with my friend alice to sammy and he's like oh come hang and i was like okay <laughs> and then i did
0: <laughs> yeah i was gonna say because like what would you what was your initial reaction when when he's like yo come come and hang out with us i would be like just out of my mind stoked that's gotta be surreal yeah,
1: no doubt no doubt at all yeah it was insane
0: yeah and and um did they pay you or, or cover anything, or was it because you were already out there? You're like, hell yeah, I'll show up and just do it. Oh as yeah, as well. no,
1: I that was all out of my own pocket. I like I saved the money for that trip. <laughs> yeah. Yeah.
0: That's super sick. That's so fun. And and um jumping way ahead on the timeline, but were the photos from that trip what ended up on the uh collab that you did with arsenic?
1: No. Well, yeah, 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 actually. <laughs> um yeah that's an ongoing thing though
0: okay but yes all right cool so we'll we'll get into that so back <laughs> back to Japan so what was the what was the planning and executing like for that trip because that's a really big undertaking for like a and i and I to be fair, I did hear some of this backstory in another yeah. interview you did, so yeah. it's all girls that like don't even particularly know each other, so what was like planning that like and trying to get all those all those pieces working
1: um Maddie's just a legend and really good at what she did for us. Um, she's super organized and really like, yeah, she just knew exactly what she wanted to do and what she needed to do um, and just kind of gave me the reins on everything else. Uh, Maddie has her finger on the pulse of women skiing like none other. So she picked a good crew of people, and uh, I don't know. It wasn't, it it was basically like any other ski trip. Like, you get your sponsor dollars, you figure out how to allocate it, get whatever flights covered that need to be covered, and meet up in Tokyo. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah, it was kind of hectic getting there for me. I was really sick that entire trip. Like, horribly sick um and we were supposed to be fil- like we were gonna have like a whole tokyo segment that we were gonna film in the beginning and uh i ended up like getting to the airport and i fainted in the lobby of my hotel before i got to my flight and had a fever of like 105. Whoa. and that was in denver so i went up to my dad's for a few days and i missed a flight and then like finally got on a plane and i was so sick that they like almost didn't let me into the country and it's really crazy to think about now because I'm like, oh my God, after COVID, that would never fly.
0: <laughs> yeah, totally.
1: Um, yeah, so I missed like our whole Tokyo time. But once I got there, we just like booked it to Miyoko and started started filming. Mm-hmm. And none of us really had any clue what we were doing. It took us a while to really get into the groove of things. There was never like any real friction between any of the girls, um, thankfully. But... On the first day, we we're also just like, look, like if you have any problems, please just communicate. Like, we don't have the time or the energy to deal with cattiness or bitterness or any sort of negativity. Um, really thankful we had that conversation, and there's been a lot of uh, trips that I've seen that could benefit from that conversation at the beginning. <laughs> uh, yeah, it was rad. I. It was stressful, and I was sick, and we were working our asses off. Um, but we did it, and that's that's really good. I'm so proud of everybody.
0: Yeah. So you missed those first couple days, where like probably some of the initial awkwardness was uh, was getting worked out. Yeah. 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 For
1: sure. I don't know if it was that awkward to begin with. Like we were all messaging and stuff. I feel like meeting internet friends isn't isn't ever that that awkward but I don't know maybe that's just me (laughs) (laughs)
0: yeah I think uh I think that's awesome so you guys so you guys do that um and and how long was that trip
1: uh I think we were filming for about three weeks wow Maddie and I stayed an extra week after just to like get any filler we needed to get or have our little holiday or just bop around and that was really nice that was a really good way to decompress after all of it um yeah three weeks we cranked that out in a very short amount of time with varying weather conditions <laughs>
0: yeah i mean there's there's just there's shots even the closer where it's just dumping rain and it's like damn that does not look ideal <laughs>
1: yeah yeah it was uh, it was a bit hectic
0: <laughs> what's the uh what's the scene like in japan with urban skiing because i mean you know in in the u.s it's like super strict on property rights and it's like you're trespassing yada 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 what was it like going around japan just being like yo let's try um, to see this
1: mina etapa was with us and she's from there and speaks japanese obviously so that was really really huge to have somebody that could like hopefully verbally get us out of sticky situations if we got into any but we had very smooth sailing most of the time i think we only got kicked out of one spot but that was after we were already hitting it for like three and a half days and we were just trying to milk it um but Japan has a ton of abandoned property. There's like a weird property rights thing going on there that I cannot explain for my life, unfortunately. I wish I could. Uh, <laughs> but basically there's like a lot of spaces that are left as they were. Like we tried to go to an abandoned dojo studio at one point or like after everybody left, Maddie and I went to this abandoned hotel. It was like left as it was in 1988. And that was really cool um we went to an abandoned ski resort that's where most of the thing most of the street clips are from but I guess the other shots were from a playground and an overpass and yeah the abandoned ski area is the only one we got asked to leave from um which is fine but I think getting in trouble in a foreign country is always really scary and we never had to deal with the police or anything. Like we were pretty quick and out of there on spots that we felt like were more high risk. But yeah, like that Buddha statue that the Ender is of, that was so mellow. We were there for like an entire afternoon trying to get that and not one other soul was in sight. So it was mellow. I can't speak for other people who have done a lot more street there. Like I'm sure if you asked Will West in that question it'd be a totally different answer. <laughs>
0: yeah were you guys thinking you know in the back of your mind like even if we do get caught like we're just a like a group of girls i don't think that they'll really go super hard on us like were you guys just kind of i think that every time
1: i hit a spot i hate getting in trouble so much (laughs) i'm so bad at street spots because like the second i think we're gonna get kicked out i just like freeze up and i'm like i don't want to be here anymore this is not worth it um but yeah, like anytime we get talked to, I'm like, oh, we're just like a bunch of, yeah, we're so unassuming. <laughs> um, yeah, I'm never too, too worried about it. I'm also very, I don't know, I like to think I'm pretty diplomatic when I have to talk to authoritative figures, but yeah, that's just because I hate getting in trouble. And like, I, I've i had to kick people off of my own private property multiple times and like, I get it, so yeah, but there's there's definitely been a few spots that I've like been at where I'm just like, oh God, I really don't want to talk to a cop right now. Yeah,
0: I? <laughs> I mean, that definitely lowers your chances of getting trouble if they show up and you're already leaving before they even say anything to you. Yeah,
1: yeah. And like, I, I don't know. I like to think that I can be charming enough in most situations.
0: <laughs> <laughs> um, so, so you're a photographer. So how did you end up doing video for that trip? And like, were you comfortable you know, like doing the video side of it?
1: Yeah. Um, I think video is always a step that I wanted to take. Like they go hand in hand and I was filming little edits at sundown all the time. Like I know how to film uh-huh. to a degree. Um <laughs> And yeah, it was just sort of sink or swim.
0: Like, yeah.
1: So there's... you weren't a total
0: noob. You knew, you knew what you were doing behind the line. Yeah.
1: And like I, I shot it all on my camera that I shoot stills on anyway. So it's not like I was working with foreign equipment by any means um which helped a lot but yeah i've watched a lot of videos where i'm like i like this very specific thing and i see i see everything like much more through the lens of art and composition and like how that is going to make me feel because i'm an artist first and a skier second um so i think that that translated really well to the video. Cause I was like, I know exactly what kind of detail shots I want, but in the long run, like editing it, I was like, oh, all of these shots are exactly the same and there's no diversity here. Cause I know exactly what I like, but it's not what I need. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, it was good. I, I definitely like, I feel like my filming is a lot better now, but I don't film enough to, uh, like I need to practice more, I guess, ultimately. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. Oh, Do you me. think
1: when,
0: <laughs> when you're uh, going around like with like doing video, are you looking at it with a different eye than when you're doing your photos? Or are you like thinking, wow, like this, like this has great composition for photo. Like mm-hmm. it like it is great composition, great composition, no matter if you're taking photo and video is basically what I'm asking.
1: Yeah. What? Um, I, d- I guess it depends on the shot and the spot. Like, Filming is obviously so much more dynamic, and you're capturing a lot more happening, um, and you have a lot more to show. Whereas photos, you, I feel like, I'm also more well-versed on that, but I feel like I have always have more room to take a more abstract approach with photography than I am with filming. But yeah, like I said, it just comes down to like doing it more and getting it to the same comfort level that photography's at for me.
0: Yeah, just keep practicing. Yeah. Um, so you come back, you edit it, and I always like to find out. So uh you published it in November 2019, looking at it now. What were what were you thinking uh when you finally posted it? You're like, "All right, let's let's see what people think." Or have you did you already float it out there and show a couple of people before you published it? Oh, we did
1: like a full premiere tour. Okay. Um I'm like, I, "Yeah, I should I basically like anybody that was near my computer. I was like, "Hey, yeah, you want to see it?" Uh, <laughs> but <laughs> Once we, yeah, once we published it, I just like deleted the internet for a while. I was like, I just want to be away from a computer for like Mm -hmm. a month straight. I was so over staring at a screen. (laughs) Were you in charge of things?
0: Yeah. So were you really obsessed with make like working on it every single day, trying to make it as good as possible?
1: Yeah, I actually, I got super hurt that summer in a uh, in a downhill mountain biking crash and so i wasn't allowed to go outside for a while which was kind of a blessing in disguise cuz it just allowed me to like hyper focus on it um so i spent probably like 2 months straight just figuring it out which is a long time for how short it is but i also was like learning how to do it as i did it like i think our next project will take me a lot less time, hopefully. But um, Andrew Mildenberger let me go down to Boulder and like sit with him for a few hours on end and like have him walk me through it and show me like different tweaks and things. And like, he was kind of my guiding light in editing. So that was really nice. Yeah.
0: yeah. And how did you feel about the response from it? I mean, obviously you're showing people leading up to actually posting it online and I'm sure everyone's like, Laura, this is super sick. Like, what were you, what were you thinking about about just people's reaction to your work, basically.
1: I wasn't really thinking about that, to be Mm. honest with you. Like, we had one goal and that was to like inspire girls specifically. And we accomplished that. And the second I kind of registered that that had been accomplished, I shut out most of their comments. I mean, obviously like, it's really nice. Obviously it's nice to like get praise for something that you've worked really hard on. There's no doubt about that. And like, it was always really nice. like hearing cool comments from people off new schoolers or instagram or whatever but um what really stuck with me were like dms from teenage girls being like this is the raddest thing i've ever seen like i can't stop showing my friends it and like stuff like that and that really meant a lot to me and still means a lot to me so yeah it was cool to hear but i feel like i also was so overstimulated by the whole process that uh I became kind of numb to any feedback that wasn't constructive to the whole thing.
0: Yeah, totally. And so, like, what did, growing up as a girl, obviously, like, most most of the ski movies are, like, all men, if not, like, just, like, one or two girls. So what do you think it, I mean, because obviously you're on, you're on the side of the creator for this one, so it's a little bit different than being a fan. But what mm-hmm. do you think it meant for those girls that were seeing, like, a full crew, the full crew of girls for the first time, basically?
1: Yeah, I hope that they're inspired by it, or like mm. the level of skiing that's in it is uh, hopefully appears to be accessible. Like the spots that we were hitting weren't that big, and the tricks that we were doing weren't like weren't all super technical. And so I hope that that gave a level of accessibility to street skiing for them to see that they can just go do it. That it it doesn't have to be some gnarly giant wall ride in a level one movie or whatever like Mm -hmm. they can just go mess around in a park with their friends yeah Um, yeah yeah I'd hope that that impact would be had
0: (laughs) yeah and so like growing up as a girl did it like ever get in your head oh my god like this is like a guy's sport or did were you always like nah like the girls have a place in the sport we just need to show it
1: um yeah that's a tough question
0: hmm Well, it's tough now, especially with, like, having Yeah, it's tough now reflecting
1: on that, now that I've, like, assumed this position of advocating <laughs> for girls. Uh, yeah, there were, there were a few times, like, especially trying to ski park, that I was like, this just doesn't feel like it's a space for me. And maybe that had nothing to do with gender. Maybe that's just, like, my personality type. And, like, I try to not fixate on gender too much because it's just, like, it's not real, um, <laughs> but I also think that I was sort of handed the opportunity to, like, start the Girls Rock the Park program at Sundown, yeah, which was, like, an all-girls freestyle-specific program, and so we were just, like, teaching little kids how to hit boxes and, like, have it be girl power focused, and that was really cool, and so my exposure to free skiing and like my relationship to it really always went hand in hand with just like trying to uplift women. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah. But I'm sure if I saw videos of like girls taking photos and doing things in media and like making movies, I'd be so inspired. Like Taylor and I were just talking about this actually, if there was like a girl's like, uh, either camp champions or Momentum does an exposure camp where it's like a media specific camp. And I was like, man, if there was like a girls week for that like a sub niche of this niche, (laughs) I would absolutely lose it. Like that would have been the coolest thing ever for me. And I would have signed up in a heartbeat. Um, So we're gonna try and do something kind of similar to that this summer maybe, but yeah, it's, it's definitely tough to not have any points to look up to, especially as a media kid yeah this. but maybe not i don't know
0: <laughs> i mean that's that's crazy that you know like you didn't have any uh like female media figures to look up to and now you're serving as that role for any like girl yeah. that's growing And i mean like
1: now. they were certainly out there i just maybe wasn't aware of them
0: yeah totally yeah like just in your yeah. world you didn't see anything
1: yeah yeah,
0: yeah totally. so riding off the success of yose i hope i'm pronouncing that right it's jose y- jose um so you guys decide to do another movie um but I'm sure that got messed up by COVID so what was the deal with all of that
1: yep <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah something like that happened uh, yeah we started filming like I filmed a few street spots here and there uh and then our first like big trip that we were doing was at powder mountain out here in utah and like maddie came from australia for it we had like a couple of canadian girls come down we had a crew and we went to pow Mountain for a week and then at the end of that week the world shut down and we're like okay well time to go home <laughs> and i was kind of relieved because i just like i didn't feel like i had it in me um and all I wanted to do is like go to the desert and draw and make art and that's what we ended up doing for quarantine <laughs> um and then this past season like again it's really hard to try and make a movie when like you also don't want to be traveling a ton I mean everybody's it's it's hard to do it if you don't have a set crew in like your little bubble that you're traveling around with like there's different ways to do it but um I was also really careful about COVID most of my season, like trying to be super conscious of that and any of my travels I did really carefully. Um, So like I did a couple trips here and there and got a few clips, but uh, it's tough. You take the amount of girls that wanna hit street, divide that by who's within our closed borders, divide that by who's not working and you don't. like it's not able to go on a trip and film like you have one person that's maybe available for three days and if that three days doesn't have a storm or you guys can't make it to somewhere where there is snow then it's just like it's tough but um thankfully Maddie's working on a trip in New Zealand this summer and like we've gotten some clips from Mina in Japan and like we're just kind of mashing together a bunch of stuff and then I have like a pretty big Canada trip planned for next season. So it'll happen.
0: (laughs) Just put on the back burner for now. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah. But I mean, thankfully, like all of the sponsors involved are really understanding. And I think also the longer we let it marinate, the better it will be because that allows me to kind of hone in on my creative vision for it. And I'm really excited about it right now. And I'm also trying to involve as many like creative people as I can to take that weight off of me. Like I have a designer friend in Denver that's helping me with like the logo and the type and like the graphics for it all and like animation and motion graphics and I've got another person that's going to be doing all the audio engineering that is going to like make an original score for it. So it's like it's going to be sick no matter what, but it's definitely like I will be presenting it as more of my art project than a ski movie. <laughs> But I think that'll be a lot better and more more genuine to the sort of stuff that I want to be making anyway.
0: Yeah, do you have an estimated release date on that general? Probably time. next,
1: not this fall, but the next fall, fall twenty two.
0: There we go. Because I want
1: to, I want to do like, a, I want to do premiere season for sure. Yeah. But I don't know. We'll see. I'm trying. I'm trying to not set expectations because every time I have, it's been a been kind of shot down.
0: <laughs> yeah. I mean, sure. yeah, twenty twenty yeah. really just taught people oh my god like especially in in relation to like work like we were talking Mm -hmm. before the show about like i graduated in the middle of all of covid so 2020 just basically taught me like nothing's set in stone until you're in person doing it (laughs) for sure
1: totally totally yeah
0: Yeah. uh so you mentioned that um you spend most of your quarantine drawing and this is actually something i wanted to ask you about because you're like you're always posting these super sick cowboy drawings on uh (laughs) on Instagram. So, so where did your like sketching and drawing and, and I don't know if you do any painting, but like, where did that side of you come from? Was that something that's always been a part of you?
1: Yeah, I've always done it. Um, I didn't really like publishing it for a long time. And then last year I just decided to focus on it. And then I was like, Oh, if I post this, people like seeing it. So I'm going to keep posting it. (laughs) Um, yeah. And just like, felt a lot of growth happening in it and like that like what I was saying before like I just didn't feel like filming a ski movie was in me but I do feel like art and drawing and painting is really in me right now and putting that out there is it just feels good um and I don't know I was actually talking to somebody recently about this and like just sort of a creative Mindset of doing what feels authentic to you and what you like to do and what you want to do is the best way to serve, like serve yourself serve your community serve the world that you're existing in and serve your art and. So what I like drawing is cowboys and sometimes flowers and skiing like when I stopped denying that I was like oh I was like oh I shouldn't draw horses like I don't want people to know I'm a horse girl. And then I started doing it and now I'm like getting a ton of work out of it and like making money off of drawing which is insane and so cool to me and like it just it stimulates a part of me that I really like and I like drawing and can feel myself getting better and better and better and like I'm sure there's no end in sight to it so I just want to keep pursuing that and like the opportunities that I'm getting out of it right now are insane and like total dreams come true. So I'm gonna, gonna keep drawing Cowboys.
0: <laughs> yeah. And so like the, those dreams come true. Is that like in regards to like people reaching out for commissions, people asking for prints, like, is it that sort of thing?
1: Yeah. Um I just got a really cool project, but I don't know if I can talk about it yet yesterday that basically is like me getting sent to like I just get to make cowboy meets skiing art and like have that be my project for the summer so yeah but yeah I like been working with a bunch of different little things here and there like I'm doing illustrative art for a hotel right now in Colorado and they're like yeah we just want like cowboys and Colorado wildflowers and like Wildlife that would reside here. I'm like, cool. I'll just hand you my sketchbook, and you can figure out what you want. <laughs> it's awesome. And like, yeah, it's it's just good exercise. Like, being aware of how how your brain works in the sense of drawing specifically, and like that sort of just exercising that muscle of negative space and that side of your brain, I think is really healthy. And the more I do it, the happier I am. So.
0: Mm -hmm. yeah so sick so sick (laughs) so what do you think about um i think you mentioned this like a little bit but like what do you think about like needing permission to engage in something artistic like i I feel like a lot of people stop short of engaging in like something creative because they're like oh i'm not a filmer like why would i film oh i'm not an artist why would i draw like do you think like people are better off just hopping straight into it even if they're bad at it
1: yeah Absolutely. Mm. Like do what you want to do and it's going to be successful for you. Like, I don't know. There so I, I don't know if you're familiar with who Orville Peck is, but he's a that. he's a a country western singer that is also like he's just fabulous and wears a mask and like really capitalizes on the vintage Western kitsch aesthetic. But anyway. Mm. He had a really good interview talking about like how, what you do has legs beyond your realm. Like I always hope that my drawing and my filming or my photography goes beyond what exists within skiing or what exists within like Western art specifically and that sort of thing. And like crisscrossing and mashing and creating this giant like blob of existence within my artistic thinking is only going to do good for what's around me and what's within me so i don't know he referenced bowie actually and that really stuck out to me and that you look at somebody like david bowie who you could just see a photo of him and not hear and like i'm paraphrasing here but you could not hear any of his music or know anything about him and you'd be like this is fucking amazing or you could just read his lyrics and be and not know the melody, not know what he looks like, not know anything about him and be like, yeah, this is incredible. Or just hear the melody and not know the lyrics or anything else about him and like still understand the weight of this art. And that's really cool to me. And so like, if I feel like what I want to do is express myself through fashion and like get really into fashion and working at a vintage clothing store and like decide that I'm interested in that, because I am, then I'll do that. Because like, yeah, at the end of the day, it's all self expression. Like everything you do is self expression. And to do that in the most authentic sense you can, in the most like genuine and self realized sense you can, is the most powerful you can be as an individual.
0: Mm-hmm. I love yeah. that. Yeah. And, and so, what draws you to uh, the Western themes? Like you love the cowboys and, <laughs> and all uh, and that whole aesthetic. Like, what about it? You're just drawn to it?
1: I don't know, man. I just like cowboys. <laughs> yeah, I I really like just true vintage Americana culture a lot, and like I'm really inspired by that. But I think the cowboys comes from where I was born, and like my love for the American West. Um, I also love horses, <laughs> and like grew up around that culture a little bit, and like I I did rodeos for a very short lived period of time. There was a phase somewhere in there in middle school. <laughs> and like, I don't know, I just I just love the aesthetic of it. And like, I'm really inspired by old country, Western music and storytelling. Like you, I, that's that's a really big influence on me too, when it comes to like making a movie or like a little edit or something is storytelling. and in my opinion, there's like no greater storyteller than an old Johnny Cash, Marty Robbins, or like Dolly Parton song, right? Like that is just such a beautiful form of art. And I feel like that can translate so well into what I do, even if it's something as small and minute as skiing. Mm-hmm. So yeah, yeah, I just, I love it.
0: That, love yeah, it I love that. <laughs> and so, you, you'll, so you'll have no problem with me. <clears throat> you'll have no problem with me. Titling this this episode Laura Obermeyer Dash Horse Girl. (laughs) Please don't. All right, we'll leave it a secret that that you're a uh, that you're one of those girls that gallops through the school hallways.
1: I would throw my belongings away and enter the wild if you did that to me. I really like. I've always been so apprehensive of talking about it because I don't want to be associated with that, which is so dumb too. Because like the hate for horse girls is just. It's just misogyny at the end of the day. And that's so fucking sad. But no, I wasn't like that. I was, I like to think I was pretty cool growing up.
0: Yeah. Well, the funny thing is like prior to cars, there was no such thing as a horse girl. Like you, everyone was a horse person, regardless if they wanted to be or not. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Like you had to like horses because that's how you got, like, that's how you traveled.
1: Yeah. No, horses are great. Like it's a really cool sport and it gets a bad rap and yeah i yeah
0: <laughs> tough tough horse scene um it
1: is it is Skings, <laughs> skiing's a lot easier to navigate
0: <laughs> yeah so um one of the things because we're we're pretty caught up to like where you're currently at one of the things that i like that you do is that you do these collabs out of nowhere um <laughs> and like the first one that i saw was the the collab you did with like arsenic so what was mm-hmm. the backstory behind that and like do people approach you? Do you approach them? What's going on with that?
1: Usually people hit me up. I, I'm i pretty... Uh, yeah, I'm not antisocial, but I don't reach out to people often um, unless it's like something I really, really have a vision for. But yeah, Dan and I have been friends for a while and he was like... Actually... The story behind that is that I posted a picture of some art that I did of Mount Hood. And he was like, yo, let's use this for something. And I was like, okay. And we ended up making it into a series. Um, And the first of the series is the Zermatt piece. Um, But that was the original artwork for it's pretty different, like different color schemes. And uh, I made the Mount Hood one because it was that same summer that I got hurt and then I was editing Jose. And I was supposed to go to Mount Hood like that day or like the day after that I got hurt and then I couldn't. So I was like well might as well make some art of it. And I did and he hit me up about it. So yeah it's usually it usually comes from like the more I put my work out there and put my art out there the more people hit me up to do stuff with it. So I have some cool things in the on deck for it which I'm excited about
0: that's so awesome and have you found that like as of late like as like the last like three four months have you been getting more photo work or more drawing work
1: all drawing work
0: yeah that's crazy like
1: I've barely shot this year actually (laughs) like I had I had shoots in the springtime that's usually my harvest season so I had like two and a half months of just like back-to-back shoots and that was awesome but then I, the whole time I was just like, God, I can't wait until I can just like go home and spend eight hours doing nothing but drawing right now.
0: That's incredible. Um, yeah.
1: Yeah. So I would say that most of my work definitely right now in the summertime too, is, is just drawing
0: mm-hmm.
1: and illustration.
0: And did you ever expect that, that you would be in a role where you're getting paid to draw <laughs> or is it just another one of those things that you kind of walked into and you're happier you're here now?
1: Yeah. Walked into it. I feel like, I feel like that's most of what I've done. Like I'm so lucky in that that's how things work out for me. But like I said, like put out what's true to you and what you want to do and it'll come back to you.
0: Mm -hmm. And do you think that like skiing is accessible in that way? That if you're willing to do it, you'll find a path? Mm -hmm.
1: I think so. I mean, I'm really privileged in that that's been the case for me. And by saying that, like, that's, that's where I assume the negativity about my last name might come in, but Mm -hmm. I've just been really thoughtful about where I put my time and energy and who I try and spend my time around and work with, and that then paves a path for what I want to be doing. Like, I don't know, I think, I think it was Ian, Ian Compton that said it, and that it was like, if there's one thing that skiing has taught me, it's the power of manifestation. Like if you want something to happen and you start putting it out into the universe that you want it to happen, it will happen. And I fully believe that now just cause like that's been the case for me.
0: So, yeah. I think that as long as you're not immediately concerned with making a ton of money, anyone can work in skiing. Like as long as you're willing to kind of like eat shit for a couple of years and like, you know, live below your me like live below your means and just like go from mm-hmm. couches or living in a van. I think anyone that wants it enough can do it. It has nothing to do with where you came from, unless like you have to provide for other people. Like then you need a job that pays. You know?
1: Yeah, yeah. And I mean, it also like I think where you are affects it a lot. Um, like I moved from Aspen to Salt Lake in December, and being around such a different group of people has only benefited me. Like Aspen specifically is great and I love it there a lot and I miss it a lot, but the social scene there does not match up with like what I need and what I'm trying to do. Um, And I think I feel that way about most ski towns right now. Like you're around people who look and think like you and are incredibly privileged at all times and don't always recognize that um and getting away from that is really helpful and in a sense like yes you're around really good skiing if you're living in a place like that but you lose such an element of culture and life and interaction that just doesn't exist there mm-hmm. um, but yeah, the scene—the scene of skiing and free skiing specifically—is also just, I think, in Utah right now. So yeah, it's yeah. nice to be able to roll up to Brighton and know that I would have people to shoot with, shoot with if I wanted to.
0: Yeah, I think everyone's been uh, priced out of Colorado for the most part. Like, it's just mm-hmm. too expensive to live in a ski town. Like, I'm—I'm I'm sure that Aspen doesn't have a really gritty community of people bumming it. <laughs> like, yeah. It's, yeah, pre- totally. it's, it's pretty much just people that are already established and have like their lives put together
1: mm-hmm. well it's really tragic like you look at the housing crisis that's happening in jackson hole or crested butte or l- literally any other ski town and it's just it's devastating mm-hmm. it's really hard to watch
0: so yeah. you're out in salt lake right now are you just are you just visiting someone or are you trying to move out there no i live here <laughs> oh you live out here okay cool yeah
1: yeah i moved here in december
0: so last time i i i heard an uh, inter- interview with you um you were talking about how like you have no friends out in aspen so has your social circle taken like a complete 180 and like now you're doing stuff all the time with people with your friends
1: i had friends in aspen (laughs) (laughs) i had no friends in aspen i had my little ski gang um yeah for sure i'm also just like like i said i'm pretty elusive i'm i'm so bad at hitting people up to hang out but um yeah definitely much happier being around like all my best friends that I've made over the years like just just a healthier environment for me it's also way easier to like meet people here and a lot more young people here and that's cool um and also non-skiers which is really really cool like I I can only talk about skiing with people for so long before I'm like okay
0: there's
1: mm-hmm. other things happening in life
0: <laughs> yeah yeah um, like I have a I have a friend group that's largely non-skiers and um that's why it makes it really refreshing when I am talking to skiers to like really get into it but if I was mm-hmm. only talking about skiing all day every day I would be like geez like I need a break
1: <laughs> yeah yeah and it was also tough in Aspen because there's there's not really a strong free skiing scene there um or like park scene I should say so it was like I just felt constant invalidation when i'd be talking about skiing to somebody and they would be like oh like you you guys with your no poles and your fucking twin tips like er, er. like yeah not everybody wants to go do the power of four every day like it's just there's a there's a really toxic competitive athleticism climate there that i'm just not interested in mm-hmm. Like, i don't Is like the- going uphill that much
0: yeah <laughs> There's a lot of gear talk going on like people are just sitting around like oh yeah i got this you know blah, blah, yeah blah, blah, just blah. just
1: not my thing
0: i'm so i'm so not a gear person it's just like you know like any gear talk at all it's just like i'm checked out
1: yeah same that's exactly <laughs> why I, I just don't
0: care <laughs> i really just don't care about gear that much yeah um so before we move into some listener questions um Growing up in Aspen, I got to ask, like, what was it like when the X Games were in town? I feel like that's, like, the circus coming into town, and you're just, like, have front row
1: seats every single year. Yeah, I mean, like, I didn't, like I said, I didn't grow up there, but, um, being there when it would come through, like, it was really cool. I would go back to Colorado from Connecticut while X Games was happening, and, like, my brother and I would sometimes go up to Aspen because, uh, like the Obermeyer office is super close to buttermilk so we could just walk over
0: and like your family's there and stuff right yeah yeah Yeah.
1: um and it was really cool uh it's super hectic once I started living there I was like oh my god X Games is the bane of my existence (laughs) you it was really hard to like get through town I think the struggle with it is realizing what kind of crowd goes to that event and it's like all drunk frat people and like just belligerent college kids that are throwing up on the public transportation and just like being really loud and obnoxious and just so inconsiderate and leaving trash everywhere. And that's really sad, but it's really cool to have like people from the ski industry finally come to Aspen cause it's sick and like <laughs> get to see a bunch of homies in one place. like That's always really cool. Um, but yeah, it's definitely a television show, no doubt. Um, and yeah it was it was cool I lived close enough that I could like listen to the concerts from my roof and that was cool
0: damn that is cool yeah but I
1: don't know I'm kind of a I'm not so enamored with it anymore
0: yeah
1: (laughs) but I also just don't really like contests at all (laughs) yeah I also came to that realization at an X Games where I was like, man, this is so miserable. Like, this is way too serious. Why?" No, it's just not, it's not, it's not scheme to me, but it is cool. There's no doubt about that.
0: Yeah. I was going to say, so you're telling me that the people that show up to X Games aren't super core. Well, like, whoa.
1: <laughs> yeah, dude. It's shocking.
0: <laughs> yeah. You no, know, when I, when I worked out there, it was, uh, it, it really seemed like the, 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 colleges in colorado we're just sending people by the bus load and it's just yeah, like right? these people that like <laughs> it, basically just what you the said like just an population excuse to drink
1: CU. yeah <laughs> <In> one spot <laughs>
0: yeah exactly yeah so so now we will do some of the viewer questions which were submitted through instagram we got a couple for you out of podcasts shout out those guys uh what flavor yerba
1: oh i'm an enlightenment gal through and through 100 percent
0: Hell yeah. Yo underscore Al. She has two questions. Uh, Where have you been drawing inspo from lately? Ski related and beyond. So who's inspiring you?
1: What's inspiring you? Uh, Skiing related. I would say uh, the recent bunch movie is their time for matching socks. Set a pretty high bar for me. Um, Yeah. Super inspired by that. And just from an artistic standpoint, I guess. Non-ski related, as I was mentioning earlier, Orville Peck, uh, really inspired by him at the moment. Um, yeah, there's there's a lot of artists that I'm jazzed up on right now, but mostly mostly music. I think music's kind of being my drive at the moment, which is cool. That's awesome. Yeah.
0: and uh yo underscore al also asks uh where you've been in skiing individually versus the direction you're headed now similarities differences are you staying along the same path or are you kind of forging a new
1: path for yourself um i would say i'm creating a new path i don't like to define my path to be honest with you like that's what we were talking about earlier i don't want to set myself as a filmer or a photographer or anything um there's a lot of things I'd like to see happen that I know I'm capable of doing. Like I want to start putting out more print things and zines and doing things a little bit less conventionally when it comes to publishing my work. And yeah, yeah, that's where I'm headed with it right now. Definitely doing more graphic design stuff than I have been in the past.
0: Yeah. Nice. So I got yeah. two last questions for you, non-viewer okay. questions, but this will close it out. So you mentioned earlier that you have. Coming out, coming out of high school, you set five year goals for yourself that you just completely mowed through immediately. Uh, yeah. So, what are your current goals, whether or not you've written them down? Like, what do you, what do you want to achieve as
1: of now? Uh, I think just pursuing this path of working on art. Um, I want to make a western eventually. <laughs> That's on the list somewhere. Uh, there's a bunch of places I want to live and things I want to do. That like I want to move to Berlin for a while. I want to move to Sydney for a little bit. Like there's tons of places that I want to live. That's like kind of a big goal of mine. Um, yeah, I, I've learned to do kind of umbrella goal like umbrella statement goals rather than a uh, very specific. <laughs> small goals because those are those are easy to crank out, I think.
0: <laughs> yeah.
1: yeah.
0: Yeah. And uh so my last question is what would your advice be for someone that wants to do what you do? Especially oh, somebody just young. Do to this. Just do just it. Just do it.
1: Yeah. If you want to do something, just do it. Oh my God. Yeah. Um Yeah, I think identifying any barriers that you set for yourself is really beneficial. And I don't know if you like something then do it uh figure out who you need to talk to what you need to do and it'll come to you and also identifying how to best utilize where you're living and what's happening there is really important but yeah just just going for it honestly like there's nothing in particular that i can think of other than I i wish i had a more inspirational quote for you there but yeah, just just have fun and do what you want to
0: do. Yeah.
1: yeah. Hell yeah. So, yeah.
0: Laura, want to thank you for coming on today. It was great to finally meet you after hearing about you at Sundown for so many years.
1: Yeah, um, thank you. Yeah, this so was good. a lot of fun.
0: So, thanks for coming on. Big iron, big iron, When he tried to match the ranger with the big iron on his hip, big iron on his hip.